Hallelujah. We are such a privileged people. So I say to you, good evening, Ecclesia. Good evening, the called out ones. We're special people. Don't ever underestimate what God is doing in our lives and what God has called you to. Now, I started out this morning looking, at, looking into the Word, and I thought, I'm going to run out of time here. So I thought, well, I'll have to skip the prayer meeting today for once. But the Lord said, don't skip the prayer meeting. I'll speak to you in the prayer meeting. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we all know God is good. He's intrinsically good. It's just his nature is one of goodness. And we know that as we seek him for revival, he will hear us. But also, Lord, show me, uh, in addition to that, he always honors his word. And so even if God didn't want to see revival, and he, we know he does, but even so, assume that he doesn't want, didn't want to, God is bound by his word. And one of, the, one of the things I wanted to bring up concerning the word was, as Jesus pointed out, if we ask, he will give us. And God actually answers our prayer immediately, every time. Um, we only got to look at Daniel. And um, the, when the angel came to Daniel, he said, uh, uh, Daniel, your, word was, your prayer was heard right away. No. Uh, but there was other issues that come into it, which I won't go into tonight. But the moment you pray, God hears. So Jesus said, for everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, or natural, you know, old, old nature, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? When you're praying for revival, you're asking for a good thing. It's also, I think, one of the highest things we can do as a Christian is to seek God for revival because it's selfless. You're not praying for yourself. You're praying to see other people come into the blessing of being a child of God. You know, it's, um, and it doesn't come readily. I think, myself, I think God is testing us, actually, at the moment while we're praying each lunchtime. He's looking for commitment. He's looking for those who will stick at it because every revival has required people who stuck at it and persisted in prayer and persisted in seeking God before revival came. And it, it, it doesn't come easily. It's a fight. It's a battle in the heavenlies as well because Satan doesn't want to see revival in the church. He'll fight it tooth and nail. So we've got to stick at it and not give up and not let the enemy put us off in any way. Um, so God honors his word in Psalm 119, verse 39. For, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Um, well, that was Mark 7, 9, I just quoted, by the way. And he's watching over his word, as it says in Jeremiah 1, 12. I watch over my word. Um, a translation I've got somewhere was, I watch over my word ready to perform it. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said in Mark 13, 
but my words will never, will by no means pass away. That's how high God values his word. That's how high. There's another verse which I couldn't find was something to the effect that God holds his word above himself. If anybody can remind me of that word, fine. But God, see, identifies himself with his word. So you can actually pray according to the word and you're, you're in a strong place because he honors his word. And here Jesus said, if you just ask for a good thing, God will give it to you. So we can stand on that as well. Because as I said earlier, assume that God didn't want revival. He would have to provide it by us standing on that word. In a sort of technicality, but it's worth noting. That's how much he honors his word. So let that be an encouragement to all of us and to keep on, keep on knocking on the door, keep persisting. Jesus said, if you keep knocking, even, even an unwilling neighbor will eventually get up and help you. But God is so different to that. He's so much more than that. He's more than willing. Jesus was only gave that as an example, as a sort of worst case, if you like. He says, even a, a, an unwilling neighbor, if you pester him enough, will come and help you just to get rid of you. So how much more will God come and help you if you persist in prayer? So I believe now, I believe at this moment, God is looking for those who've got stickability. It's nothing to do with age. It's all to do with character and uh, what you've learned in the Lord. So, Ecclesia, that's, that's my little word for tonight. You're also priests and kings and members of a holy nation. So don't ever think small of yourself. Because in God, you're not small nor big. And God values you beyond anything you could imagine. And he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. So think big. Don't think small. You know, too often we think small. And especially in a sort of natural thinking, but we need to get out of ourselves, get out of the box, and think big. And, and God will do more than the biggest thing that we can think of. That's the point. So forget about the past, forget about where you came from and all that. That's irrelevant now. You are priests and kings and members of a holy nation. So live like a king, walk like a king, think like a king, because that's what God wants you to do. Amen. In the middle of my doing my homework last night when I had the message to bring a word today. So I wrote down what was on my heart and I've called it the journey to the promised land. <coughs> the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt and, and Joseph had died. And the cries of the people went up to God because they were suffering. And God responded and he chose Moses as their leader. Moses, at that time, had been hiding in the desert for 40 years when he was called. He had killed an Egyptian because of the way he had handled one of his people. But God saw his heart, and he chose to use a man who didn't feel able to do the job, quite frankly. In fact, God was angry with him because 
of his uh, lack of trust at, at one stage. So God uses imperfect vessels. He doesn't wait for us to be perfect before he uses us. Uh, Moses wanted a mouthpiece, was not even, he was really um, a very shy, timid sort of man at that stage of his life. He spent his early days, he spent, his first task was to go to Pharaoh and ask to let the people go. And we know the stories of all the plagues that happened. And Moses had to face his fears by going to Pharaoh. It was a hard thing for him to do. You know, and sometimes we have to face our fears in order to become free. Finally, when the death of the firstborn happened, Pharaoh allowed the people to leave. And Moses could have easily given up, but he persisted. He could have easily given up when the, um, what do they call him, the, the, the people were mimicking everything that God did. Time after time, he tried to get those, children, those people to leave, and it didn't happen. So he could have given up, but he didn't. He faced the opposition and he carried on. Um, uh, God kept his promise because he will never break a promise. And God had promised he was going to deliver these people. And when they left um, Egypt, they left with riches that they were given. And during that time, as Alan has said, of testing, they were being strengthened. Uh, and Moses was being tested in the resolve to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. Um, so the weaknesses of a man does not stop the promise of God. In the account of Gideon, we also find a man who was uh, very doubting, wanted to put down his fleece and have it wetted. Um, and he was equally uh, a very humble man a very, when God chose to come to him. The reason why God came to him was because the cries of the people had cried out to God. They wanted to be delivered because they were fed up with all the time they were planting their crops. Every year, they were being smashed to bits by, by an enemy, and they couldn't get on with life. And the first thing that Gideon had to do was to go to his father's temple and to pull down a god that his father was worshipping, which could have meant lots of problems for Gideon. But he faced his enemy, and he went forward. Now, if he had not got rid of that God, you know, I don't know what would have happened because that was the challenge, the first challenge to him. So they started their journey of promise. And I want to tell you that we are on a journey of promise. God has promised to bring revival to Bradford. So these um, steps that they had to take can influence us also. So Moses led the people of Egypt out of, um, the, sorry, the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then Pharaoh goes chasing after them. And what do they see? They see a mighty miracle. They see the sea in front of them parted and they walk through and the Egyptian army was destroyed. You can't see a bigger um, miracle than that, can you? I mean, it's an amazing miracle. But it didn't stop the people from complaining. They forgot as they were on their journey. They started a 40-year time of testing. And they grumbled and they complained. What did they grumble about? They were suddenly remembering all the things they'd left behind. And they were thinking about the cost it was going to be to them. And you know, 
The reason why it took them so long was because they missed their comforts. Um, things didn't happen the way they expected. Um, and so they were, as I said, tested. And um, sometimes we have to wait to receive the promises of God. But basically, they would not let go of the old way. And you cannot have a revival without letting go of the old way. You know, when you go into the new way, uh, things are going to be different. They're going to be completely different to anything we've known. And we have to keep an open heart and an open mind. And I'm sure that there was much testing. But if you can just remember the plan and what God has said, then you will keep strong. See, God never let the children of Israel down. They, they were fed, they were clothed, they had, they had food. Even when they grumbled and complained, they got quail. They had, you know, it might not have been their best, but it was what God was providing for them. And, you know, sometimes we have to have what God has provided for us. You know, I think change can be very hard. I think, you know, God is challenging me at the moment over things in my life. You know, you can look at people and think they're all together, but they're not always all together. And uh, there's always challenges in our lives. And, so, and sometimes it's really hard to trust the Lord for things, especially when you've been used to um, doing it for him. <laughs> Instead of waiting that extra time for him to come and show up. And so it is when you're marching off into the, into the promised land. You need to be able to wait for the Lord. Now, God looked upon these people, though they were slaves in Egypt, he looked upon them as being worthwhile people. He loved these people. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your background is or your circumstances are. God loves you. And he wants you to go in and be victorious. And he provides a way for victorious living. You know, he made... Uh, Moses was a leader. Gideon became a leader. The people of Israel had to follow instructions. They couldn't go off and do their own thing. They weren't free to do what they wanted because, you know, God can't have people just wandering around doing their own thing. You've got to come under the authority of the person or the people that are called to lead. And so this is what the children of Israel learned to do. Um, now, God has called us to revival, which is a promised land. And like the children of Israel, our walk is tested. In order to be successful, we have to learn to let go of tradition, religious practice, um, and come into a place of freedom with the Lord, where he is our helper. You see, we, can, um, we know things. We sometimes have a position. We sometimes have status. We have comforts. We have expectations. And if we hold on to those things, they will hinder our walk with God. Um, and they can prevent us from going. If we start looking back at those things, it's, uh, it's likely that you will go backwards instead of carrying on with the Lord. The Lord wants us to be in an open place, open to his instruction, open to his leading. And he, he is faithful, and he will lead us to places that we would never have expected that we could go. He is the one who comes alongside us. He provides for us. It's a high calling. We are set apart to bring revival to Bradford. A cry has gone out from our hearts 
as we see what's coming on this nation. A cry has gone up to God. And, and God has heard our cries. They've come before the throne room. Our king has heard our petition. And he's preparing each and every one of us. All God requires is our willingness to continue without murmuring, without desiring the things of the past. We will never be able to walk in what God has planned for us until we're able to let go of the past. The children of Israel died on their journey because of lack of trust. But God wants a people who will go forward and fulfill his purposes for this city and for our nation. Amen. We have some music there. We're going to pray tonight. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, God says, let my people go. The church needs, in many ways, to be set free from religiousness and all the stuff that binds the church. And the church needs to get to a place, I believe in my heart, of freedom, truth, life, love for God as never before. If we want revival, it's, it, there's a price to pay. Believe me tonight, there's a price to pay. It's prayer, it's intercession, it's grabbing hold of God. Amen? And so I want to just challenge all of you to keep going, keep praying, keep sowing into God's kingdom because we're going to see a breakthrough soon. Amen? And uh, we've we, I was just thinking this afternoon, we want the Bible belt <laughs> to start here, the Bradford belt. <laughs> when they come to Bradford, they say, that's the Bible belt. Amen? That's where, where God starts to move and, and change lives. And, um, but as we, 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 on Sunday evening, we were talking about reaching the uh, Sunday morning, the depths in God and the heights in God. You can't go deep without oxygen. You can't go high without oxygen. And the Holy Spirit is our oxygen. And the higher we want to go, the more Holy Ghost we need. Amen. We need to be in the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit, to grab hold of God as never before. So thank you for that, guys, for uh, Alan and Jenny. And um, uh, we're not condemning the church. We are saying, Lord, we're going to pray for your church. Because somehow the devil has got the church in a place. Uh, where it's, it's, it's cast down. And, um, but as, as, as the Spirit of God starts to fill certain pockets, we're going to see a breakthrough. Uh, amen. We're starting to see it in Keithley there and different leads, different churches. All together we stand and we're going to ask God to break in. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to pray in Jesus' name. It's open mic again and We've got a whole bunch of things to pray, and you, you, you're welcome to, to pray some of these things tonight, and um, take it home also, and, and just, just include some of this in your prayers, amen? Just include it in your prayers, and I, I want to just remind you about sa Saturday evening, the USA team, youth team at 6, no, Friday, no, sorry, 
sorry, sorry, Friday evening is here, 7 p.m. And uh, Saturday 